1: Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin tonight. He'll be back with you tomorrow as we are coming to you live tonight. Uh, I'm actually in Houston, uh, Texas, where uh, today has been a uh, incredible day celebrating the life of President Bush 41. Uh, the little things that uh, I've been able to witness are just incredible. United Airlines, for example, decided today... Uh, to shut down Gate 41 at George Bush International Airport in Houston. Uh, they made it into a memorial, a makeshift memorial with a a wreath of red and uh, white flowers, the American flag and the flag of the branch of the military that he served in with a, a tribute uh, plaque uh, to the president and also a picture of him uh, as no planes would come in and out of 41. Uh, just even the little things that we saw earlier today, as tens of thousands of of, of Texans uh, and people from out of town that came in to look at uh the train and say goodbye to this president as his body was being carried to its final resting place at at, at college station texas a and m university at his presidential library next to his daughter uh who died uh, and his wife who passed away earlier this year um they this train ride the, the, if you didn't see the caboose it's incredible uh north virginia did, they did an amazing job with this train uh, basically painting it to look like Air Force One. And they painted it to look like Air Force One. And it was just one of those moments where you look at this train. It was so classy. They, they named the train 4141. Uh, it was, and, it, and the people lined the roadways to say goodbye. Even my in-laws this morning woke up, uh, I think 4 a.m., uh, to go get on those buses to go to, uh, his home church in Houston to walk past that casket. Uh, and say goodbye. Uh, to an incredible president. We're going to have so much on this as we are uh, here for you live, to, live today in Houston. Uh, just some more reaction to this. We'll have part of what James Baker and George P. Bush had to say uh, doing the, the eulogy there. Uh, many of you, I, I know, saw uh, or heard yesterday what the words that were said by George Bush 43 about his father at the National Cathedral that were incredibly touching and moving. And I look at all of this, and I and I and being here in Houston, you, you've seen how many people have come together, Uh, how many people have honored this man and and put politics aside. Uh, You see, you've seen all races, all colors, uh, uh, you've seen all all nationalities, you've seen uh, people from completely different uh, viewpoints in life all come together to honor a man who was a president of this country that I think did an amazing job. While all that's happening, the uh, what has shocked me the most is how many people in the media have decided that it was a good idea to use the death of George H. W. Bush to trash Donald Trump. Uh, It it is it has happened um, with, with so so many times now on. Uh, all over the media. I mean, th- th- there have been headlines that have come out that I've just sit there and scratched my head going, what in the world is happening in this country where you can't even stay focused? We saw some of it get so nasty on The View, where Joy Joy Behar just couldn't honor a president without just being uh, uh, absolutely obsessed, and, and and I would even argue psychotic, about trying to use every single day something in the news to attack Donald Trump. Donald Trump has nothing to do with the life of George Bush 41. Really, there's nothing to do with one another. It shouldn't be coming up at all. It should be something that is a non-issue, non-starter, yet for some reason... That, you know, even Nancy Gibbs today, uh, this is another example on MSNBC. She said, uh, she said that Obama and the Clintons understood they are not the center of attention at Bush's funeral, unlike Trump. What did, what was there yesterday that I missed watching this service where Donald Trump made it about him? He didn't speak. He sat there. He listened. He greeted the Obamas, uh, waved down the row at other people. How is, how is there anything here? that made him the center of attention, and Gibbs says, true, I mean, when you look at those presidents all in a row together, all of them are used to being the center of attention. 99% of the time, anywhere that the Obamas go, that the Clintons go, they are the center of attention. Michelle Obama is filling stadiums all around the country right now, so each of them knows what it is what it is like to be, you know, a magnet for all the eyes, and yet... They also understood that in that moment, they are not the center of attention, referring to their sitting on the front row at Bush's funeral. And that seemed a more uncomfortable and unusual position for the current president. And, of course, the current president is always, as you know, the much more of a magnet. But this one is in particular. The discomfort was so transparent in the body language. In one sense, one of the extraordinary things of his transparency of whether what he's thinking that what he can consistently see and what he's tweeting or what he's feeling, which you can see in, in, in the slouch of, uh, or the arms, or, or the grimace, or whatever it may be. I mean, I, I go on with this and I'll, I'll stop it because it's just the, this is the psychotic obsession by the media and Nancy Gribbs' example. This man can't even sit there and say nothing without people attacking him. This man literally cannot even sit at a funeral where he says nothing and sits there and listens to stories and says nothing without people actually coming about and attacking him, saying, well, you could tell in his body language that really he was obsessed with this being about him, which is, the, which is what I would refer to as there's a certain point when I watch TV, when I look at the TV screen, I just say to myself, and by the way, I've been doing TV for years. I mean, I've been a a conservative commentator at CNN now for going on six years. I've been doing TV since I was 17 years old uh, on a a guy's show named Bill Uh, O'Reilly. I have been around a lot of people who actually do believe they should be the center of attention or trying to be. I've been around multiple presidents. I've worked on three different presidential campaigns. The idea... And, and, and when I watch this on TV, I, I look and I'm like, now you're just making you-know-what up. Donald Trump went to a funeral, and Donald Trump honored a president. Donald Trump met with a family. Donald Trump honored the, the Bush family. And if there's any moment in time where, in my opinion, and, and you may disagree with this, but there's any moment in time where this president got it right, and everybody should be getting him credit, is dealing with his funeral. He didn't make it about himself. He didn't talk to anybody else. He didn't do anything outside the ordinary. He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right, and somehow... Every, the, the media still acts as if just sitting there saying nothing is now. Well, you could tell it was uncomfortable for him. You could tell that he really just didn't want to be there or didn't know how to act. You could tell from his body language. Are you insane? Th- this is your obsession with him. This is this is how crazy it's gotten. This is how psychotic the media has become where at all costs, no matter what happens, no matter who dies, no matter what the story is, we must somehow connect it to attacking a sitting president of the United States of America, Donald Trump, who we hate, which is absolute. I mean, this is this is not just narcissism. It's childlike. You know, when you hear people that, that, that constantly can't let an issue go. You know when there's a friend you avoid or a family member you avoid because they can't get over something that happened 20 years ago, and you're like, oh, my gosh, please, live life. Get over it. They moved on. Why haven't you? That's what I feel like in this relationship. It's like they can't get over the fact that Donald Trump is the president of the United States of America. They can't get over the fact that he's actually, and one poll today, day, had a 50% approval rate, and they can't get over the fact that he's actually done amazing things to this country. And so what they've decided to do is, is, well, we'll even take George Bush dying that has nothing to do with Donald Trump and we will figure out a way so that we can continue to attack Donald Trump. Nancy Gibbs is a great example. The Obamas, the Clintons, they seem comfortable, but you could just tell Donald Trump didn't seem comfortable sitting on that front row because it's all about him. What, like, you're just making it up now. You're, you're, you're literally just making it up as you go. I, I, I just, Mr. Producer, do me a favor. There's a montage that came out a couple of days ago. And this has been continuing since this montage, because you would have thought when some people like myself and Mark and others uh, started calling them out on it. When you saw Joy, Joy Behar at The View trying to take a, a moment where on the screen of The View it was talking about the life and the memories of honoring President George H.W. Bush, you would think that when people saw the backlash, of her heard then att- using that moment to attack Trump that they would have stopped. No, they've doubled down on it. And here's just some of the media, how they've been covering this. Miss Producer, play it.
2: But what becomes undeniably obvious with every bio run about Bush 41 is that stark contrast between these two men. Over the last two years, deviancy has continued being defined down by this current president, his cronies, his supporters. Look, Donald Trump is 180 from who George H.W. Bush is
1: the world looked to George Bush because he was a leader respected? He had proven himself.
0: This president has yet to do that.
3: This president that we have now is trying to unravel everything that he did and Obama did. I think he's doing this because he feels he has to do it.
2: I I can't help but wonder if there was a thought bubble over Donald Trump's head just now, what he was thinking.
4: I have to imagine he was thinking, how much longer do I have to
1: stand here? We may not approve of this current president but that doesn't diminish one's respect for the office. Because there are a lot of things about George H.W. Bush that maybe people now appreciate that they didn't appreciate the time.
0: And it just gives you a sense of the of the, of, the, of the big character of, of the man and, and and the contrast with the, the small character we
5: see uh, we see today. George Bush believed in the institutions of government, which I think, too, is another reason why this moment to remember and to compare and contrast is so important because our institutions are so under siege right now by the government itself.
2: And that is why we celebrate George H.W. Bush's legacy and fear the next two years of Mr. Trump wild White House ride.
1: I mean, what? Did you hear how many people were clearly mind readers? Oh, I'm in the head of the president. I really am the one who knows what he's thinking. I'm the one that, 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 that knows what he's thinking. And I could sit there and I couldn't help but think in his head, what would the bubble be above his head like I'm tired of standing here? There was nothing about the body language of Donald Trump that any for a moment made you think that he didn't want to be there. Donald Trump likes George Bush 41. He was there to honor him, just like every other president. But no, 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 we've got to just attack this president. I want to get your reaction to all of this, uh, 1-877-381-3811, one 381 3811 Eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin, the great one. He'll be back with you tomorrow. You can also tweet me your comments as well, uh, and send me messages on Facebook at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter, Facebook Ben Ferguson Show on on Facebook as well. We'll be right back. Much love, Welcome back. It is Ben Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. He'll be back with you tomorrow. It is nice to be with you actually today from Houston, Texas, where uh, I've been able to witness and uh, see the uh, overwhelming outpouring of love uh, for a former president who has been laid to rest in that private ceremony at College Station at Texas A&M in his library. Uh, There are so many different people that talk about this president. There were literally tens of thousands of people uh that got uh, out of work got out of their cars and stood by those train tracks today is uh president bush 41 uh his uh his body was put on that train and that train was painted to look like air force 1 on the front and it was uh the uh the locomotive number was 4141 uh and taken to college station it was just you could see people coming together people that didn't vote for him people of all races all sexualities everything people honored a human being and didn't make it so political, but somehow the media cannot just have a funeral for a former president without trying to use that moment to attack and trash Donald Trump. It is it is a it is a it's a psychotic obsession, and I and I equate this with what you see with people in their lives when you know when there's people that just can't let something go, and they're talking about it from 20 years ago, and it annoys you, and you literally go, I can't deal with that person. They will never get over whatever happened, that's how the media are. They cannot get over the fact that this guy actually won. They cannot get over the fact that he's actually the president. They cannot get over the fact that that he is the president and they're doing everything they can to try to destroy him. They can't look past their hatred and obsession with trying to take down Donald Trump to understand that having a custom Union Pacific locomotive 4141, taking the 41st president of the United States of America on the final trip to Texas A&M is actually the story, and it's not about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is sitting there saying nothing at the funeral at the National Cathedral yesterday, and MSNBC throws Nancy Gibbs on TV to say, again, this is how they, I mean, and this is, you know, not just yesterday, but today. I actually need need to clarify this. This is Nancy Gibbs today, I should have said. When they're looking at the train in Coward Station at 3.45 p.m. Eastern and she's still talking about yesterday and can't get over the fact that Donald Trump's the president, Mr. Producer, play it.
3: You know, when you looked at those presidents all in a row together, all of them are used to being the center of attention. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, anywhere that the Obamas go, that the Clintons go. They're the center of attention. Michelle Obama is filling stadiums all around the country right now. So each of them knows what it is to be, you know, a magnet for all eyes. And yet they also understood that in, in that moment, they're not the center of attention. And, and that seemed a more uncomfortable and unusual position for the current president. And of course, the current president is always, you know, that much more of a magnet. But this one, in particular, uh, the, the discomfort was so transparent in the body language. It, in one sense, it's one of the extraordinary things of his transparency of whether what he's thinking that we can constantly see in what he's tweeting or what he's feeling, which you can see in in the slouch or the arms or the or the grimace. There's there's no attempt at at feigning interest or or congeniality.
6: 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's L E V I N dot ncom or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. The Mark Levin Show, live and national
1: at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one today, and it has been uh, – we're coming to you actually today live from Houston, uh, Texas, where I've been able to see firsthand uh, people come together and genuinely remember a human being. It's something that is, seems completely impossible for the media to do. I, I laugh because one of my colleagues, Don Lemon, said, I wouldn't have shaken Trump's hand at Bush's funeral. You can't fake the funk. And I laugh because I know Don. I, 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 Don and I have done I, countless TV debates together. But he declared that he would not have shaken the hand of President Trump at former President George H. W. Bush's funeral, saying he can't fake the funk. This was in reference to Michelle Obama shaking hands with the with the president. And this is this is exactly what I am talking about. There there is this just. Every day must be about, I, I wake up in the morning and I have to hurt him. I, I, I have to hurt him. You know, there's a, there was an article that was written that, you know, Trump leaves George H.W. Bush's state funeral at first opportunity. All right, what, what are you even talking about? The, 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 the casket carrying the remains of the late President George H.W. Bush was carried up the aisle of the, of the National Cathedral. The first couple, followed by the Vice President Mike Fence, followed by the Bush family in the casket up the aisle at the conclusion of the funeral. But then they left to return to the White House, getting back there before the hearse carrying Bush's remains had left the church grounds, they said. So what did you want him to do? Is, I mean I mean do you want them to they're, they're they're clearly secret service have know how they're going to do all this, but let's just find out a fake controversy to attack the president let's put aside politics. And honor Trump for or Bush forty one, which is what this whole entire week should have been about. But instead people have used the opportunity to attack Trump out of fake controversies. The same way that Nancy Gibbs, MSNBC, again today, you got this college station video, you have the train pulling up, you have the president being come to forty one, laid to rest, and, and and everybody else is acting like adults here in the in the real world. Meanwhile, let's get in the head and, and, and let's let's psychoanalyze Donald Trump, not saying anything, sitting there next to other presidents. And let's turn this into clearly he was unbelievably uncomfortable, didn't know what to do, didn't know how to act because it wasn't about him. This is what she said. Miss Producer, play it again. Can we play that?
3: When you looked at those presidents all in a row together, all of them are used to being the center of attention. 99.9% of the time, anywhere that the Obamas go, that the Clintons go, they're the center of attention. Michelle Obama is filling stadiums all around the country right now, so each of them knows what it is to be, you know, a magnet for all eyes. And yet, they also understood that in, in that moment, they're not the center of attention, and and that seemed a more uncomfortable and unusual position for the current president and of course the current president is always you know that much more of a magnet but this one in particular uh the the discomfort was so transparent in the body language in one sense it's one of the extraordinary things of his transparency of whether what he's thinking that we can constantly see in what he's tweeting or what he's feeling which you can see in in the slouch or the arms or the or the grimace there's there's no attempt at at feigning Interest or or congeniality, maybe that's something uh, people respond to. Um, but in the setting yesterday, I think a lot of people were struck by by not participating in in the service as as the others did. It was it was a remarkable contrast. Yeah,
1: I, again, it's 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 a remarkable contrast when you have someone saying nothing but sitting there and somehow. There's a remarkable contrast that we have to get out of this. You have the Bush family arriving at George Bush Presidential Library and Museum, the US Naval uh, Air Forces perform an unprecedented 21 aircraft missing man formation to honor fellow Navy av- aviator George H W Bush. All of this is going on and this is the commentary you decide to give. You cannot make this up. I want to go to your phone calls 1877 381-3811. You can also tweet at me at Ben Ferguson Show uh, on Facebook. Ben Ferguson Show as well. You can send me a note on there. Let me go to Sean in California. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi, Sean. Go ahead.
4: My Sean, you there? A few points.
1: Now I got you. Go ahead.
4: I want to. Yes, hello.
1: Yeah, I got you. Go ahead.
4: Yes, uh, I want to make two points uh, about the Trump situation in the funeral um I didn't need that lady's uh, identif- uh description to tell me how Donald Trump's character his uh, his uh, I should say his, his demeanor, his slouching of his uh, body if you will and the crossing of his arms uh, a person can just look at the TV and just see that he was not engaged, and I think what the argument is that people are just wanting to see for once is just a little bit of empathy from Trump more or less of if it's not my road and it's nobody's road. And I think if, if he would have showed just even if he just would have cited, even if he would have fake cited the Apostle Creed, that might have helped it, as well. Uh,
1: but, I, I, yep. Again, the, the so if you don't read the Apostle Creed, you're saying that automatically that you don't want to be there? No no no. Because I because I know I know I have family members that don't sing at church. They listen to the music and worship differently. I know people that d- that do things differently. That doesn't mean that you're being disrespectful. I know people that just don't feel comfortable singing loud. For example, I know people that do things differently and and this is the, again, my point is Sean Why is it that you have that this man is able to take up so much real estate in your mind that you can't watch a funeral that's about somebody else without obsessing over every single move that Donald Trump makes? I think because what's happening is he's showing the same
4: characteristics, if you will, in any other kind of setting that he's in. He he, just, he can't even. There,
1: there, there isn't other settings like this. That's that's absurd to imply that this is the same as anything else. He sat there respectfully. He listened to everyone. He was there in the moment. You just don't like him, so therefore you psychoanalyze and turn. Oh, look at him crossing his arms. Oh, he this is this is terrible.
4: So I I guess once again sorry. What I'm what I'm trying to say is. There's times when he has like his
1: press conferences,
4: or like, uh, for
1: example. Well, let me let me let me just ask you one quick question: Are you a supporter of Colin Kaepernick?
4: Raymond, where'd that come from?
1: I know it's it's an analogy I'm going to make. Are you are you a supporter of Colin Kaepernick? I
4: am a supporter of what he stood for in terms of trying to deal with police justice and things of that nature, social issues, and yeah, I'm a I'm a, a leader. I'm a fan of that.
1: Okay, so so you're okay with Colin Kaepernick not standing for the national anthem, but you're going to psychoanalyze Donald Trump crossing his arms? That is literally that is literally the defi- definition of total and ins- uh, complete hypocrisy and insanity. You're okay so- with Colin Kaepernick? Not being a part of the national anthem and advocate for it and support it, but Donald Trump crosses his arms at a funeral and you're going to psychoanalyze that and say it's terrible. Wait a minute, you, you asked me if I- I, I'm i going to say goodbye. I'm done with you. I can't. I can't handle the the, the the BS level coming from you. I'm going to move on from you. Let me go to. Uh, let me go to David. You are on the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Go ahead.
7: Gee, everybody loved Forty One. Um, I think President Trump—he was there to show honor and respect. Only the media creates false narratives and tries to tell you what to think. Um, they have an article on this, Doug Sittel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. You clipped, uploaded. Dude, play. I don't—I
1: don't care about your page. Okay, like what, seriously, what's wrong with you? One eight hundred. These are the these are the that jobs of the world. You're—you're, you're, by the way, whoever the heck you are. You you are exactly the guy, and I hope we drop that. You're you're just like the media. We're having a conversation about the president of the United States of America, and you want to self promote yourself? Are you crazy? No one. Uh, and this is exactly the same thing as the Democrats doing. You have a moment where you can show respect for another for a president who has passed away, and you have to use that occasion to make it about yourself, and then your personal agenda to assault Donald Trump verbally every time you're on TV. Brittany, you're on the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi, Brittany. Go ahead.
4: Hi. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, I just wanted to call in. You know, I'm not a Trump supporter. I wanted to say that first off so you can see where I'm coming from in my point of view that even though I'm not, I do think that it was very distasteful and disrespectful for the media to use or abuse that opportunity And, you know, make it all about Trump, because really, they're the ones that made it about Trump and made him the center of attention. Um, And regardless of how I feel about his actions or his orders or how he acted at the funeral, I don't think that that should have been discussed or made. You know, that's basically what everyone's talking about is how Trump acted at the funeral. And I think that it should have been about our former president. And I think that, you know, he was just he's a person. He was our president. But I think that Trump. No matter what anyone thinks of him, he's a person as well, and I'm sure that he had empathy that you know our former president died. It, there's a death, and you know. Well, I mean,
1: whole... you you look at what he said. You look at how he went over and met with the Bush family, um, the Blair House, and spent time with them, and the kind words that he had. I, I don't think when I was watching the funeral, and, and maybe it's just because I'm not crazy, there was nothing that seemed out of the ordinary for me. I thought that you know whether it be row number one or row number two of the vice presidents from all the way from Al Gore all the way down to Cheney, I didn't see anything that any of them were doing that was abnormal. Now, maybe, again, it's because it's I'm not obsessed with trying to destroy someone's life or trying to turn a funeral into a hate Donald Trump session, uh, as as Nancy Gibbs and others in the media have tried to do, and we play that montage for you. But this is, th- th- these are, this is the reason why so many Americans do not trust the media. And it's the reason why so many Americans... Scream media biased because a few when you have a funeral of a former president and you use that to attack the current president, that is the that, uh, that there is no better example of the of, of the insanity of a press when they're willing to do this and and the pettiness even, even with my good friend, Don Lemon, saying, I wouldn't have shaken the president's hand. I would always shake the president's hand. And Barack Obama, I met him. I have no problem shaking his hand. He's president of the United States of America. It's called being a grown up and adult, an adult. Agreed. I mean, it's just, it's called being class, classy. I, I met, I met Bill Clinton. And I walked up to Bill Clinton and was very kind to Bill Clinton. I don't agree with his policies. I don't agree with what he did with with, with with, an intern in the White House, but I wasn't going to bring that up. I wasn't going to say, oh, I'm not going to shake his hand because of what he did to Monica Lewinsky. He was a former president of the United States of America. Nice to meet you, Mr. President. Look forward to having, you know, and en- enjoyed having dinner with you tonight. I even looked at him, Brittany, and said to him after dinner, I said, I'm going to have to leave here tonight and remind myself why I don't like you. And he busted out laughing. You don't always have to agree with somebody to be cordial or kind. And not everybody that disagrees with you, by the way, is evil. I don't think that Bill Clinton's evil. I don't think that Barack Obama's evil. I don't think that Al Gore's evil. I, I don't think that they're evil. I disagree with them on policy, but I also know they're a human being.
4: Right, exactly.
1: I mean, I've met Hillary Clinton multiple times. I met Hillary. I was, in fact, I saw Hillary Clinton a couple months ago in the green room at CNN. Hi, you know, nice to see you. How are you doing? We had a short conversation about Arkansas, where my grandfather's from. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. There's no reason for me to be nasty to her. And this is what we've lost in this country. And it's the same reason why there are so many people that say, I'm done with these people. You can't even get the, you know, you talk about journalism just for one second. Journalism is dead because when you can't even get a funeral for a former president right, it is dead. Can we all agree on that? I mean, journalism is dead when you can't even get a funeral right, for goodness sakes. It's a funeral. It's a funeral of a former president, and you can't even get that right as a journalist. You can't even cover that the right way as a journalist. When you can't even accomplish that, journalism is dead. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Mark will be with you uh, tomorrow. I'm filling in. Ben Ferguson. It's always an honor to fill in for the great one uh, tonight. And uh, we've got a lot to cover, including new uh, conversations that people are wanting to have, their obsession uh, with um, what to do with Saudi Arabia and should we do something with Saudi Arabia because of the death of that journalist. We're going to chat about that coming up. Uh, also, the media's obsession with attacking Donald Trump during, before, and after the funeral of George Bush 43. Now, I'm, I'm here tonight in Houston and have been able to see what a civil society looks like when a president dies, where politics don't really matter and everyone comes together to honor a former president. I wish the media could figure this out, how to do the same thing, instead of literally waking up every day with a psychotic mentality that we must hurt Donald Trump. We, we, we must hurt him, and it's what we have to do. Even if there's a funeral of a former president going on, we'll figure out a way to compare and contrast and then hurt him, because that's exactly what's happening. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty. Eight eleven one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. 877 381 3811 uh, Producer, where would you say for me to go next? I want to get to some of these phone calls in here. Let me go to Mark. Thanks for waiting. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Mark, give me your
6: take.
7: Uh, thank you very much, Ben, for taking the time. My opinion actually is uh, media, mainstream media is a, is a misnomer, uh, along with journalism now. I think media is – many people as many people get their news from cable as they do from Yahoo, Twitter – YouTube and Facebook, Uh, the media you choose is what ultimately is is the source of your information. So having a concept of mainstream media or the media as a single entity is a misnomer nowadays. It's a non sequitur. Secondly, my honest opinion, yes, there are individuals who wake up every single day and do exactly what you suggested. Their modus operandi is to do what they can to paint Trump in a bad light and hurt him that is terrible but it is far from uncharted waters every single president probably for the last 20 years has gone through the exact same thing people on the right did the exact same thing for obama during a state of the union address sean hannity accused Trump- obama of saying something terrible about how insurance companies engage in activity because they're evil and even played the clip that obama says insurance companies don't do this because well, they do this because it's profitable. And did they cancel this segment because of the misquote? No, they just continued on with it. So it's, it's not something that's one-sided or another. It's, it's-
1: yeah, of course. But, but remember this, Mark. Uh, look at Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush just put out a statement saying, President Trump could not have been nicer or more gracious after my father died. You think the media is going to tell you that? No, because they're a bunch of hacks. They hate this president, and they'll do anything they can to destroy him. Hour 2, Mark Ven show, Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back.
6: With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side.
0: Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader,
1: Mark Levin. Welcome, it is the Mark Levin Show. Uh, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. Mark will be back with you tomorrow, and we've got an awful lot to chat about, including uh, the president of the United States of America, George Bush. Forty-one being laid to rest today uh, in College Station at Texas A&M in his presidential library. Uh, and what was an uh, incredible funeral with many of his friends talking uh, about his life, including his oldest grandson, George P. Bush. Uh, it was a day when so many Americans just came together to honor a human being. I'm broadcasting to you tonight from Houston, and I've been able to see firsthand how many people were lining up to pay their respects to a former president and to really line the the roadways and the railways of that incredible train that was painted to look like Air Force One uh, with 4141 on the side. Uh, That locomotive will be coming back, they say, to Houston. They're trying to figure out now, because of so much fanfare around it, what they're going to do with that locomotive. Uh, and maybe even put it at the presidential library. Uh, The president uh, uh, of the United States of America, however, has become the center of attention, and I'm not referring to Bush, I'm referring to Donald Trump. In fact, he's become uh, an obsession of the left, part of the mental illness, I would argue, of the left. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that, and I'll explain why. When, When you can't even get a funeral right. And it's, this is textbook. I mean, if you've ever been to school, if you've ever been to journalism school, uh, the story's not supposed to be about you. It's supposed to be about the story. If there's any subject matter in college, in journalism school, that is just textbook, basic textbook, uh, it would be covering a presidential funeral. Really, nothing else matters. The viewpoints of others that are negative, you don't cover them. It's a funeral. You honor the former president. Now, you can tell about the history of the person, but I I would say this. A great example is, you know, when there's a funeral one day, for, as there will be for everyone, of Bill Clinton, I don't think all the coverage should be about Monica Lewinsky. That's not the time and the place to discuss Monica Lewinsky. And anybody that does that, I would criticize him because I do think that there is a time and a place to talk about that, and we've had that for decades now. But if you if you on the day that you're laying him to rest, you're just somebody you just keep harping on. Well, you know, I know he's a, I know he was a president, but and then you start using Monica Lewinsky in the blue dress. You're a hack. You're, a, I would argue, a terrible human being. And yet that's exactly what the media has done, uh, whether it be and let guy, Producer get the montage ready first, because this is just a montage of different people in the media saying different things. Uh, really becoming unhinged as they can't just do a basic job, which is to honor a president. They must do whatever they can to attack Donald Trump. It, it's just it's impossible for them to get it right. It's impossible for them to, to just get it a story that it should be so easy to cover right, which is to honor a former president and his life and legacy. So listen to this montage. This is all over the country, all different news channels, and this is just some of the highlights. And we don't even have all of them, but here's at least part of them. Listen to this.
2: But what becomes undeniably obvious with every bio run about Bush 41 is that stark contrast between these two men. Over the last two years, deviancy has continued being defined down by this current president, his cronies, his supporters. Donald Trump. Is 180 from who mm-hmm. George H.W. Bush is.
1: The world looked to George Bush because he was a leader respected. He had proven himself. This president has yet to do that.
3: This president that we have now is trying to unravel everything that he did and Obama did. I think he's doing this because he feels he has to
2: do it. I I can't help but wonder if there was a thought bubble over Donald Trump's head just now, what he was thinking. I have to imagine he was thinking, how much longer
1: do I have to stand here? We may not approve of this current president but that doesn't diminish one's respect for the office. Because there are a lot of things about George H.W. Bush that maybe people now appreciate that they didn't appreciate the time.
0: It just gives you a sense of the of the of the, of the big character of of the man and 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 the contrast with the, the small character
5: we see uh, we see today george bush believed in the institutions of government which i think too is another reason why this moment to remember and to compare and contrast is so important because our institutions are so under siege right now by the government itself
2: and that is why we celebrate george hw bush's legacy and fear the next two years of mr trump Wild White House ride.
1: I I mean, how tone deaf, how sick do you have to be in the head to think that it's appropriate to take this moment to put your own personal obsession and hatred towards another person and interject it into the conversation? Uh, MSNBC today, 346 in the afternoon when the Bush family... And the casket of President Bush are, are rolling into College Station, Texas, to be laid to rest. And, Ms. Producer, get, get that Nancy Gibbs audio ready, because I want you to hear. Uh, again, this is another example of instead of just looking at this moment, honoring this president, talking about how many people came out to honor this president on the roadways, on the rail, railroad tracks, standing there saluting, taking pictures Uh, You know, and and look, I'm I'm here in Houston. I can tell you if there's anything that people aren't talking about today, it's actually the politics. All people, all races, everything, we're all coming together to honor the life and the legacy of a former president. That's what they were doing. And yet uh, Nancy Gibbs on MSNBC is saying this. Listen to it.
3: When you looked at those presidents all in a row together, all of them are used to being the center of attention 99.9% of the time. Anywhere that the Obamas go, that the Clintons go, they're the center of attention. Michelle Obama is filling stadiums all around the country right now. So each of them knows what it is to be, you know, a magnet for all eyes. And yet they also understood that in, in that moment, they're not the center of attention. And, and that seemed a more uncomfortable and unusual position for the current president. And of course, the current president is always, you know, that much more of a magnet. But this one in particular, uh, the the discomfort was so transparent in the body language. In one sense, it's one of the extraordinary things of his transparency of whether what he's thinking that we can constantly see in what he's tweeting or what he's feeling, which you can see in in the slouch or the arms or the or the grimace. There's there's no attempt at at feigning interest or or congeniality maybe that's something uh people respond to um but in the setting yesterday i think a lot of people were struck by by not participating in in the service as as the others did it was it was a remarkable contrast
1: i mean this is when you just sit there and you just go you're making shi you know what up that's what you're doing you, you look at the pictures that came out of the White House of Melania Trump giving Laura Bush a tour of the Christmas decorations, and then Laura Bush spent time with the White House staff that she knew from her time as a resident of the White House and took pictures. It, it was a picture of two lovely first ladies, past and present, coming together, hanging out. You you know how nasty it got in the campaign between Jeb Bush and Donald Trump. When when Donald Trump kept calling him, you know, what, what was it, low energy Jeb? And 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 it got nasty in the campaign. Everybody knows it got nasty. Even Jeb Bush put out a statement saying President Trump could not have been nicer or more gracious after my father died. But the media is not talking about that. Oh, no, they're talking about, well, the president grimace. Well, you know, I just couldn't sit there. And the whole time that we're supposed to be honoring this guy, I just couldn't think, get past the idea that Donald Trump sucks. That's, That's what their coverage is. That's that's literally what the coverage is. I want to get to your phone calls in here get some of your reaction to this as well. 1877 381-3811. 381 Uh, by the way, many of you know that, uh, we are on, uh, Blaze TV. Uh, Mark Levin is, and, uh, I have joined, uh, what it was now Blaze TV, CRTV, with my new show, The Ferguson File. So we talked about this, the media bias on The Ferguson File. Uh, if you are a member of CRTV, check it out there as well. Uh, let's get to your phone calls now. I'll go to, let me go to, uh, Darla. You are on, uh, The Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in today. Charlotte you hear all this media attention obsession getting it wrong are you surprised I thought Trump was incredibly gracious I thought he was very kind I thought he was I think Jeb Bush's words say it well President Trump could not have been nicer or more gracious after my father died and that's coming from Jeb Bush where they don't have a great history they campaign against each other for the same job
8: yes Ben it's very nice to speak to you and I did listen to your First three callers, and of course, then my eyes blazed over because I'm like, oh my goodness, it's not about you, and they're callers. And um, I, as I told your screen caller, I'm sorry I forgot his name. He's a wonderful young man. I'm a veteran, and I know the protocols in the military. And President Trump, all that he did to honor Bush 41 was his call. And I cry. I mean, I watch some of it. I haven't even turned on much of the news because I can't stand all the conjecture and chattiness and talking, even on my favorite, you know, Fox and go ahead and, you know, people that are listening can make fun of me all they want. But as an American, when President Trump walked in there with First Lady Melania and saluted his coffin in the rotunda, I burst into tears, and I watched the service, and I saw President Trump acting as anyone who has any grace and decency act at a funeral. There was no chuckling, there was no shifting of eyes, I didn't see the arm folding. Um, I don't see anger in that face, you know what I see in that face? I see reverence in that face, and all this chat and talk about how wonderful President Bush 41 was, will anybody please remember that Clintons came into town and said, it's the economy, stupid. And I was so offended that you would speak that way because he wasn't speaking to the American people. He was calling President George Herbert Walker Bush an idiot. And there was even one, um, I don't know if it was Newsweek or Time, that had something on the cover about the wimp factor.
1: So well I larry o'Connell Connor, who fills in here uh for Mark as well, he wrote a great piece today uh in the Washington Times about what you're just describing, which is you know the media now acts like they love george bush forty one they've never loved him they 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 tore him to shreds, ripped him apart, and cost him the White House as much as Ross Perot did and now they're like, oh, we all loved him, no, you didn't you were you you were just you, you ripped him and i mean you did everything you could to destroy him." And now they act like, oh, we love him. He was such a statesman and a great man. It, they, they, they love him after. It's amazing how they try to rewrite history about. And then, and then they use their fake love for George Bush 41 to then attack Donald Trump because they clearly cannot stand him either.
8: Use it as a cudgel to beat the president. And it is President Trump. And I love that man. I actually was a Cruz supporter. But once President Trump was the nominee, I said, well, then I'm getting behind him.
1: And as, as, love- a lot, as a lot of conservatives did. A lot of conservatives did exactly what you just said there. You're absolutely right. There are so many conservatives that said, all right. And, and look, I think that's what you, you know, Jeb Bush's comments about Donald Trump and the way that he treated the family this week. Uh, Darlene, I appreciate your phone call. Is, is, is again showing that you can put politics aside. You can put that aside and be human beings. You, you can just honor a man without making it controversial, which the media could not do this week. They refused to. They could have just covered the story, which is that a former president died and we, and we tell his life story. They couldn't hold it together to even pull that off. Terry, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Nice to have you. Go ahead.
7: Hey, Ben. How are
9: you?
1: Terry, do me a favor. Hold on. I just realized I got a hard break here. We'll come right back. I'll get to you. Much more coming up on the Mark Levin Show. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. it is the Mark Levin show Ben Ferguson uh, filling in for the great one he will be back with you tonight or actually tomorrow uh, and uh, it's an honor to be in filling in for him tonight want to remind y'all though also that life liberty and Levin on Fox News uh, this Sunday evening will be a brand new episode with Steve Scalise so make sure you set your DVR or watch it live uh, this Sunday evening on Fox News channel now I want to get back to this other issue today was a day that was a day when it is just so easy this this is In media world, (coughs) excuse me, how to cover a funeral of a former president is is the equivalent of, hey, what's two plus two? It's four. It's the equivalent of what's your name? Ben Ferguson. It's the easiest story out there to cover. It doesn't get any easier than this. I mean, it's, it literally doesn't get any easier than this. How do you cover a former president's funeral? You cover their life. You cover their legacy. You talk to their friends. You share the warm stories about them. You don't make it political in nature. It's a non-political political event. It's a funeral of a former president. You honor the human being. You take the politics out of it. This is the easiest one to get. and And even those in the media who are liberal... On a day like today, they even know, like, hey, look, guys, we can't, we can't, we got to tone it down. All right, let's get this one right. Let's not have any egg on our face. Let's not make this contentious. Let's just cover this straight up. Let's cover the picture of George Bush 43 riding inside that train, waving at the people you know, uh, saying thank you for making 41's last ride so special. There was a picture that George Bush put out there. That that's what you cover. Let's cover Texas AM, Let's cover the train, 4141, the special train that was put together to take his body. Let's cover the eulogy of his grandson. Let's cover this. Let's let's just make sure we get this right. Let's don't screw this up. Let's, let's tell the personal stories. And they let's talk about the, 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 the dignitaries that are there to honor him from all over the world. Let's make sure we get this one spot on. Oh, no. No, no, no. We're going we're gonna to analyze the body language of Donald Trump crossing his arms and then attack him and criticize him. By the way, anybody remember that time when Barack Obama was caught on camera taking selfies at Nelson Mandela's funeral? Remember that? And you want to criticize Donald Trump for crossing his arms and saying everything is about him. He's got to be the center of attention. Barack Obama took selfies at the funeral of Nelson Mandela. And you didn't say any of this crap. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back.
6: Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real, USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Him or hate
0: him or really really hate him The great one is on the air at 877 381
1: Welcome back it is the Mark Levin show Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one and he will be back with you tomorrow night One of you uh, sent me a picture and it just was a Kevin well done sir it said hey Ben remember when the mainstream media uh, was not so upset about Obama, who was obviously making Nelson Mandela's funeral service all about himself, taking selfies. Remember that when, when and there was a lot of people that saw this on TV. He was at a funeral taking selfies. The same people that say that the president's this funeral and and Miss Producer get get Nancy, uh Gibbs uh, because it fits so perfectly, talking about how the Obamas, the Clintons understood they are not the center of attention at Bush's funeral. Barack Obama was taking selfies at Nelson Mandela's funeral. How much more of a, quote, center of attention can you get than doing that? But Nancy Gibbs says just from body language alone, not from any words, not from anything else, that, that Donald Trump clearly couldn't handle being there and it not being all about him Again, listen to Nancy Gibbs, MSNBC, incredible. Here it is.
3: When you looked at those presidents all in a row together, all of them are used to being the center of attention. 99.9% of the time, anywhere that the Obamas go, that the Clintons go, they're the center of attention. Michelle Obama is filling stadiums all around the country right now. So each of them knows what it is to be you know, a magnet for all eyes. And yet they also understood that in, in that moment, they're not the center of attention and and that seemed a more uncomfortable and unusual position for the current president and of course the current president is always you know that much more of a magnet but this one in particular uh the the discomfort was so transparent in the body language it, in one sense it's one of the extraordinary things of his transparency of whether what he's thinking that we can constantly see in what he's tweeting or what he's feeling which you can see in in the slouch or the arms or the or the grimace there's there's no attempt at at feigning interest or or congeniality maybe that's something uh, people respond too. Um, but in the setting yesterday, I think a lot of people were struck by by not participating in in the service as as the others did. It was, It was a remarkable contrast.
1: It was a remarkable contrast. So now it's remarkable contrast because he didn't talk. He went to a funeral like a normal human being, acted like a normal human being and didn't talk. Uh, and and didn't give a eulogy, and so now it was a remarkable contrast. Dan, in Indianapolis, you're on the Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in. Go ahead.
0: Hey, Ben. (laughs) The media, they're they're just up to their usual. Treat us like idiots. Uh, If I was sitting with that bunch of people on the front row, those past presidents, Obama, the Clintons, Who hate my guts? I think unconsciously, I think I would fold my arms too. Um, They make a lot of it, and uh, I don't even know if he was conscious that he was doing it. But you know, it uh, to me, it's a normal reaction when you're with people that you know darn good and well hate your guts and would destroy you in a heartbeat.
1: You know, uh... (laughs) I. It's just you're sitting in the pew there with those with everybody there. He crosses his arms, and they go in here and they say, "Oh, it shows disinterest. It shows that he's defensive." No, it just shows he crossed his arms. I don't think it's anything but that, Dan. Could be. <laughs> I, I think true. he crossed his arms. There's no uh, There's no armrests. So if you look at those chairs, there's no armrests, so he crossed his arms. What's wrong with crossing your arms? Why do we have to psychoanalyze everything that he does? Why can't he just be a normal human being at a funeral without armrests, and so he crosses his arms? I've done it. It's it's arm crossing. Get over it. (laughs) I mean, I, I, this is these are the types of subjects that make me want to cuss, and I am not going to do it. But it's just I want to I want to throw things at the TV and be like, and just be like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. All of you are idiots. I mean, we got body language experts like this is E Entertainment News. Like, oh, did you see Donald Trump cross arm? What does it mean? Let's go to psycho crazy person number one. Tell us what it means. Let's go to an analyst of psychoticness number two. Let's go to number three. All of this stuff is all fabricated and made up.
0: Uh, I can't argue with you. (laughs) Not a bit.
1: Thank you, Dan. Appreciate the phone call. By the way, if you want to see the picture I'm talking about with Obama, uh, I just put this up there. It says, all the media attacking Trump for crossing his arms at the funeral, saying it was um, unpresidential. Just remember Obama at Nelson Mandela's memorial. I, I put it up there. It's just you can you can you can see it there, and you decide for yourself. Look at the picture, Ben Ferguson show on on Twitter. You can see it there. You decide if that's presidential. Just just look at it and see if it's pre, if you think this is presidential at all. Joe in New York, you are on the Mark Levin show. Nice to have you tonight, Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good,
10: ben Great show tonight, by the way. Um, Thank two you. Two points real quick. Uh, one, they're not journalists. Uh, they're pro- they a propaganda machine. And if you don't, I mean, if people, everyday Americans don't see it, they're delusional. It's just a joke. And it's the same thing in Europe right now. You know, I was born in Italy, and we, we elected a family of government that cares about, you know, Italians first over there, just like Trump here. And the media are trying to destroy these people. So, again, they're not journalists. But I'd like to share a quick story, a fact. Uh, I manage a dealership in New Rochelle, and um, sometime during the primaries, presidential primaries, this lady walks in to return a lease, and everybody was busy, so I says I'll help her out, and uh, we started talking as I was doing her paperwork, and she goes, well, what do you think of the, you know, who do you think's gonna win the primary? So basically, I says I don't know. She goes, what do you think of Trump? But she kind of asked me like with this hesitation, like almost afraid. And I said, honestly, I think it's probably a good thing for the country. Guess what? Um, her husband happened to be his personal phys- physician, Harold Bornstein, okay? And he was outside. She says, would you like to meet him? Because he loves to speak Italian, and I take to speak Italian. So I went outside. I met the nicest people in the world. Listen, they could not say nothing but amazing things about President Trump. Then, a few months after that, um,
1: which, which, let's just pause there for a second and think about, and this is what is exactly what has happened um, and, and consistently happens now. Um, you you have this nervousness, this, and it's a genuine nervousness to even admit that you might like, um, you, that you might even like Donald Trump. Uh, I, I see it all the time when I travel around the country. A lot of times when I'm grabbing a Lyft or an Uber and people, you know, will ask you what you do and you tell them, like, oh, do you, do you like, do you like Trump? And I'm like, yeah, I like him. And then immediately it's like this, oh, I can finally admit what I think because you're not going to attack me. But this is, this is part of what the intolerance of the quote tolerant left. I mean, the left is tolerant only of to people that are tolerant of what they believe in. And as soon as you don't believe, and what they believe in, they're the most intolerant group of people you'll ever meet in your entire life.
10: Yeah, no, exactly. Agreed. And, and it gets better. It gets better because a few months down the line, a gentleman walks in, he wants to buy a car. My salesman comes up to me and says, hey, guess what? It's Donald Trump's personal driver. I went over, I said hello, met him, told him, you know, yeah, I'm a supporter. You know, I think he's going to do well. It's you know, Not even two weeks later, he comes back with an autographed picture personalized to my name hey joe best of luck with your business donald trump signed in that uh gold leaf he likes to sign yeah this man came back again the second time he bought a car now mind you he now this is six months ago he bought a car i got confidence to speak with him you know i built a report he happens to be hispanic the news will make you delusional that i even had to ask him myself i said let me ask you. you know they say he's a racist he's this he's you know what he said to me? Stop right there. He's one of the nicest human beings you will ever meet in your life.
1: Come on. Look, I, I've, had, I've had interactions with Donald Trump where we have not agreed on things, and I've had interactions with Donald Trump where we have agreed on things. I've had private conversations with Donald Trump recently. He, What I can tell you is this. He genuinely cares about this country. He genuinely cares about the people of this country, uh, and he cares about having a better country than we currently have, a better tax system than we currently have, a safer country than we currently have. Those are all things I can get behind. He wants to have a strong military. He wants to honor men and women in uniform and not turn them into evil villains, as the left has done. He doesn't believe that ICE agents are terrorists. He believes that they're saving people's lives by keeping out rapists and murderers. And then, of course, the media says, oh, you can't say that, Ben. You can't say that. You just said that they're all rapists. No, I didn't. But there are some of them that absolutely are. And we need to be honest about it. I mean, there was a story today. An illegal immigrant has been arrested on murder who's been charged after being deported eight different times. This illegal immigrant was arrested for allegedly shooting and killing a co-worker in Oregon. He's been deported at least eight times. He's a 52-year-old. He was arrested on murder charges. The two individuals worked together at a at a creamery in Oregon, a town in northeastern part of the state. They had a wrong-running, apparently, dispute. Investigators believe that the illegal immigrant shot the man on the 26th while riding a tractor. Officers were able to locate him and arrest him the day after the shooting. But the suspect had fled to Washington State, where a SWAT team apprehended him in a local hotel. And this is a guy that we had deported out of this country eight times. And Donald Trump's point about building the wall and border security is this is the guy you're keeping out with a border wall if we if we are deporting a guy 8 times which means we've caught him doing illegal things 8 times and then he murders an american citizen that I, I blame that on the democratic party for not doing their job which is to keep americans safe and secure our border that is their job and they refuse to do it in the name of political correctness and it's disgusting it is absolutely disgusting. Joe, God bless you, and I appreciate your phone call. 1-877-381-3811. one 381 3811 By the way, if you want to see that picture I put up there of uh, Barack Obama taking a selfie at Nelson Mandela's Memorial, uh, I, I threw it up there for you on Twitter. You can check it out. Ben Ferguson show there. Uh, have fun with it because yeah, when people want to talk about this, this crap of, Oh, Donald Trump crosses arms, it's unpresidential, yada, yada, yada. Again, just check it out. Check it out. Look at it for yourself. I put the picture up there and you tell me how that's acting presidential. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Mark will be be back with you tomorrow night. Uh, Tonight, you're stuck with me, Ben Ferguson. It's always an honor to fill in for the great one. we got a lot to chat about this evening, uh, including uh, the passing of the 41st President of the United States of America. What an incredible day as I'm broadcasting to you live from Houston uh, tonight. And uh, just to see how many people came out to honor the former president, to talk about his life, remembering 41, uh seeing people come together watching this uh custom train that was painted to look like Air Force 1 to to take the former president back to um College Station Texas A&M to his presidential library to see the tens of thousands of people just lining up on those train tracks uh on the entire way uh to see the the picture that President Bush 43 put out saying thank you to the people for you know lining the the railway and and just doing this to see how uh, Melania Trump and Laura Bush spent quality time together looking at the Christmas decorations of the White House, uh, seeing Jeb Bush, who Donald Trump and Jeb Bush did not get along during the campaign, uh, saying that, that the White House and the president personally did nothing but, uh, show our family the utmost, uh, respect, which goes against the narrative that the left wanted to be out there. The narrative, uh, that the, that this was, that somehow there was, this president dissed them or wasn't respectful, to see the media lose their minds over the president crossing his arms, to trying to say that somehow this president did something that was crazy uh, by leaving the service like normal presidents do first after the service was over, seeing them try to analyze his body language and, and turn it into, oh, well, he was uncomfortable because the event wasn't about him. We're just getting we're getting into the the, the the just the stupid nutso world here. And if there's any one story that the media should have got been able to get right, it's a, it's how to cover a, a funeral of any president who dies. You don't talk politics, you talk about the individual, you talk about his family, you talk about his friends, you talk about his life. You don't try to turn it into a divisive moment. But all of these people, they, they, all they've been able to do is just is figure out a way to use one president dying to attack Donald Trump, the current president. It is crazy what they've been doing this week. Let me get to your phone calls. Uh, 1-877-381-3811. And, and, and so many, by the way, and I put this picture up there. I really do hope that you'll check it out. Um, I I put this picture up. One of you sent to me, uh, one of the listeners, and you're absolutely right about this one. It said, you know, when all these people are criticizing this president, saying, oh, we crossed his arms at the funeral, and that was disrespectful, or that wasn't presidential. Do you not remember when Barack Obama was taking selfies at Nelson Mandela's memorial? Were you writing articles then attacking, you know, the president then, Barack Obama, for being, oh, quote, unpresidential? I, I don't think so. And don't forget, Jeb Bush, again, while they're trying to make this riff, like Donald Trump dissed the, the Bushes or whatever, Jeb Bush said President Trump could not have been nicer or more gracious after my father died. Could not have been. Nicer. Just, again, just think about this. one 381 3811 Let me go to Christine. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. How are you?
2: Hi, Ben. Well, Hi. I just
8: wanted to tell you that if it wasn't for Donald J. Trump, which I adore, the left media wouldn't have a job whoever paid attention to cnn msnbc um you know even the view nobody paid attention to them
1: but oh i would be surprised they have a huge impact this is where i got to disagree with you i think they i think this narrative genuinely has a very significant impact i i really do believe that i think it has uh, I, I think when you look at Joe Behar, uh, and, and thank goodness, I, I, a good friend of mine, full disclosure, uh, is Megan McCain. She stood up and said, why are you trying to make this moment about the life and legacy of Trump, uh, Bush 41 into an anti-Trump rant? I don't have time for this. And, and you saw Joe Behar lose her stuff. And we saw apparently she used the B word referring to Megan McCain. Uh, and it was disgusting. But they, they have a lot of pull. They have a ton of pull. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. Hour three coming up.
0: He's here. He's here. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
1: Levin. Hour 3 Mark Levin Show, and it is an honor to be filling in tonight for the great one. Ben Ferguson with you. Don't worry, Mark will be back with you tomorrow night. And, by the way, there's a new Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox News channel. You can check that out coming up Sunday evening, and make sure you set your DVR for that. Uh, Some of you that are listening tonight know me just from having the the honor to fill in for the great one, but uh, don't forget, Mark and I are now under the same umbrella when it comes to Blaze TV. Uh, My new show, The Ferguson File, is there, where you can watch Mark Levin's show all the time, and if you already are a member, uh, then make sure you check it out, and uh, you can see The Ferguson File, which is on there, and I hope you'll do uh, that as well. we got a lot to chat about tonight. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about uh, the passing of George Bush 41. There's another story though that, that came up today that someone sent to me and they said, Ben, can you believe that this child abuse is allowed to happen in America in 2018? And then they said, this father should be arrested and you need to expose this father to the world. Now... I don't want to give away too much of the story because I'm going to play it for you from how it it appeared on national TV today. But there is a dad who has a daughter that got kicked off the bus for bullying. And the father decided to teach the 10-year-old daughter a lesson. Now, I'll let you hear this story. And this is, I'm not mad at this dad. In fact, I kind of want to nominate this dad for dad of the year. Listen to this.
11: Okay, this is video that an Ohio dad made, and he's driving behind his daughter as she walks to school. It's been viewed millions of times, and the dad says it's a five-mile walk, and that the weather outside was 36 degrees, and that all of this is punishment because she got suspended from the bus. The school alleged that the little girl was bullying another student.
1: This is not the first incident. It's the second incident for the year. Parents need to hold their kids accountable.
10: So that was me showing how I'm holding my kid accountable. I'm not going to be another parent that's just going to brush the things under the rug and say kids will be kids.
11: But it's getting mixed reviews online because some people say the punishment fits the crime while others say it seems harsh. The dad says that he would do the same again, but he hopes that other kids who see the video will also make the choice to be kind to other people, he said.
1: Now, making your kid go to school, uh, walk to school, I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, you have a kid who is kicked off the bus for bullying. This is what a responsible parent actually does. In my, in my opinion, this, this should be a dad that this is not child abuse and be like, oh, you can't do this to a little girl. All right, let's just talk about I, – I, this is the part I don't understand about feminism. Every single time that there is something that happens and it's dealing with a young girl, I hear the same thing being said over and over again. It, it, the, you play the, the, femin, the, 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 the sex card of you can't do this to a little girl. She's just a little girl. Then I hear if we say there's a difference between men and women – That you can't say that because that's sexist. Well, which way do you want it? Either either you treat boys and girls exactly the same and you don't say, oh, I'm playing the feminine, femininity card now. It's unfair it is to a young little girl. Uh, or, 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 and then you can't have it the other way later on. Either pick what you want it to be and let me know what you want it to be. Which one is it? Are we treating boys and girls exactly the same way? Are we going to say that girls need to be treated with more TLC than boys? But you can't just use it when it's convenient to all the feminists out there. I'll start with that. Second point about this story. You have a father that decided that it was time for him to take matters into his own hands. You, You had a father who decided that it was time for him to teach his daughter a lesson because of what she had done to bully somebody on a bus and said, okay, and and again, quote, this is me showing how I'm holding my kid accountable. After his daughter was suspended from the bus for bullying, a dad shot the video of the little girl walking five miles of school in the cold. It has millions of views and started a lot of discussions, including saying that this is child abuse. No, this is father of the year. You didn't put your child's life in danger. She wasn't walking at 50 below. Okay. So, so don't, 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 don't turn this into sunny. It's not, and, and cold outside. It wasn't a blizzard. It wasn't below freezing. It was cold outside. It's like that song that we're trying to ban right now. Baby, it's cold outside. That's literally the perfect song that they should have played on repeat for this little girl. Baby, it's cold outside. Well, don't bully people. Now, he's not making his daughter walk just five miles school every day, so everybody calm down about that. This is not child abuse. This is good parenting. I would argue, first off, I'm just glad the dad's even there because we see the stats, how many dads have just gotten out of being a dad. We've allowed the government to step in as the father and take care of the kids and pay for the kids' stuff, pay for their school, pay for their their food, pay for their clothing, pay the electrical bill. And so now we live in a nation where, and and let's deal with the minority community first off. This year, more than 75% of all African-American children born will be born into single-parent households because we have allowed fathers to no longer be fathers. We've allowed dads to not have to be a dad if they don't want to. We've allowed men to walk around and impregnate people and have no responsibility for impregnating them. This father says, I'm not doing it. This father says, I am going to take responsibility for my kids' actions. I am going to teach my 10-year-old daughter, you don't go out there and bully people. I'm going to teach my daughter a lesson that she'll never bully again, and I'm going to make her walk five miles outside of my car, and I'm going to escort her to school, but she's going to walk to school because she bullied a kid. This is This is good old American parenting. God bless this Dad, for doing this. And all these little snowflake crybabies out there, and all these, you're not doing your kids any favors when you don't discipline them. You're not doing your kids any favors when you don't discipline them. And all of these parents that are criticizing his father, saying that this is some sort of child abuse, well, you don't understand how uh, the long-term effects that this could have on this child. Long-term effects grow up. When you're ten years old, you, you walking to school one time five miles is not going to have a long term effect on you. If you believe that, then you're an idiot. You're stupid. I I, I mean, you, you're just you're just stupid. That's the only way I know how to say this. This kid's going to be good. This you know what? This kid's probably going to grow up to be a great kid. Because he actually has a father who actually is involved, who actually cares, who actually took the time to teach her his child, who happened to be a girl, a lesson about bullying. And you want to talk about long? If you're if you're one of those, it's all about you know stopping bullying in this country. Then you should be a, applauding this father for stopping the bullying of his own child. Because I guarantee you, after walking five miles to school, this 10-year-old one knows who's in charge, and it's dad. It's her parents. That's the first thing. The second part about this is that this kid also is going to really think twice before she bullies somebody again because it's not worth it. And that five-mile walk to school is going to have a significant impact on that kid's life in a positive way. And for all the parents out there that are soft on your kids, who don't spank your kids because it teaches them to become violent, if I hear that another time, I'm going to barf, then you should support this father even more because he didn't whoop this kid's rear end. You should be like, good for you. You didn't hit the kid. You made the kid walk. You got the kid, a- 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 and I'll, hell, I'll quote, I'll quote Michelle Obama here. Michelle Obama should be all about this because this is all about the Let's Move campaign. You bully a kid, let's move. You're going to get some exercise, sweetheart. Five miles. You're going to walk to school. Don't worry. I'll be right behind you encouraging you the entire way. And the father was right to do this. Why is it that every so many people now criticize parents when they're actually parenting the right way? This guy should be nominated for dad of the year. You fast forward twenty years, somebody walks up to this 30 year old at that point and says, Hey, what do you think about what your dad did twenty years ago? That they're probably gonna say the same thing I've said. Yes, that's a good it was the right thing for him to do. I bullied someone, I never did it again afterwards. It made me think about what I did, the consequences for my actions, and I'm really glad I did it. That's my gut. What's gonna have more of a negative impact? a kid bullying another kid and not getting in trouble for it or keeping it up or a father who stops the bullying of their the the child is doing on the bus by making them walk 5 miles to school this dad is amazing i i would argue this dad is a hero for actually being a good parent 18773813811 one 877 381 Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll get your reaction to this all coming up. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. The only thing I can say is I'd call it dad of the year. A dad finds out his daughter was bullying somebody on the bus. She's 10 years old. And he said, I got this. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got it. (laughs) What does he do? He decides to make his daughter walk to school five miles with him behind her in the car. (laughs) I mean, come on. You can't tell me that's not awesome. Five miles, teacher, you don't bully anybody. That's exactly what should happen. I mean, this is 100% most brilliant move ever. I want to go to your phone calls on this and see if you agree with me. And by the way, if you don't agree with me and you believe, and some people online are saying this dad should be arrested this dad should uh, this is child abuse uh, this is just a terrible thing that's happening here. all right I, again I'll get your I'll get your reaction and if you disagree with me, explain to me why this father didn't get why this is wrong, why this is evil, why this is bad. okay, explain it to me. one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one Mark Levin. he will be back with you tomorrow night. Uh, in the meantime, let me go to Dave. Welcome. You're on the Marco Levin Show, Dave. I think this dad is amazing. I think he is someone that we should all be very proud of. I think he did the right thing here. You tell me what you think.
9: Well, I certainly don't think he's the dad of the year if he raised a, a kid who's bullying, especially doing it and getting suspended twice.
1: Um, well, hold on, hold on a second. Boring. Hold on a second. Have you ever? Do you have a kid? Yes, I do. Okay, has your kid ever done anything wrong? Sure. Okay, does that mean that you're a bad parent? No, it doesn't. Okay, well, you just said you don't believe this dad should be dad of the year because his daughter bullied someone. That's that's the stupidest logic I've ever heard, then. You just agreed with me.
9: Well, bullies are are not uh, born. They're raised.
1: That's, that is, that is the biggest, that's the biggest load of crap ever. I bullied somebody once, and my parents didn't teach it to me. And when they found out, they opened up a can of whoopee on me. My dad was a police officer. He never would have stood for that, didn't stand for it, and went after me when I did it and made sure that I regretted it and never did it again.
9: Okay. Well, corporal punishment works on you. Having your butt kicked works on you.
1: Right, but the, to out, say that, hold on, to say that my kids. dad wasn't a good parent or to blame my dad, like you just try to do blaming this father, saying, oh, well, this dad shouldn't be dad of the year because his daughter bullied someone, is, is incompetent logic. I kids have free will, and almost every kid I know does something stupid against their parents when they're younger. Your job as a good parent is to correct the course when the kid gets off the train track. Okay, well,
9: call, calling him dad of the year because he, he did this one thing that you saw when you don't know what type of parent he is it's incompetent logic as well. No I'm,
1: know, you, I, I''m what I'm saying is is I think it's a I think this father clearly understood that there was a course correction and a real life lesson that his daughter needed to learn and five mile walk to school since she bullied somebody on the bus I believe is a is a great act of parenting.
9: A, a better life lesson would be to do, uh, to ha- have a punishment that has something to do with what she did—that um, uh, you know, teach her about bullying, why it's wrong, um, make her go and and uh, work with you, people. You, and you, you don't let, think, that, hold on, not. you don't
1: think that that was clearly shown in that situation?
9: Make her walk five miles to school has something to do with bullying? I think the two have nothing to do with each other.
1: Uh, Please tell me, learn. please tell, please tell me you're not this. You're not this naive.
9: Uh, listen, uh, I've been at a job for 28 years where I've seen people bullied. I don't think that walking uh, five miles to school, it's going to make her think twice, but I don't think it's going to teach her anything. I would rather she be taught. So, so, so you wrong.
1: think sitting down and having a conversation with her is the way you do this?
9: No, that's not what I said. I said, make her work with, with the types of people that uh, that get attacked, cause with the types of people who are less fortunate. I don't know what she was bullying I, I, I
1: just, I think a, fi- a five-mile walk to school is a pretty damn good start.
9: A five-mile walk would solve everything, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, again, you don't understand. Yeah. Have you ever walked five miles when you didn't uh, want to? It'll really make you think about your life.
9: I totally get that, and I'm not saying that he's abusive. He can raise his kid any way he wants. I'm saying the more appropriate punishment would have been something that would actually make her see why what she did was wrong. I, I My think wife doesn't I, do that unless you think she's thinking about it along the way. I think I herself. think when
1: you're ten years old uh, uh, there there is something to public shaming that can have a huge impact on your life. one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven again, if you disagree with me, I would be more than happy to talk to you about it. one eight seven seven. 381-3811 Let me go to Frank You are on The Mark Levin Show Ben Ferguson Filling in with you today Nice to have you Go ahead
5: uh, I'm ready to shoot myself In the head <laughs> With that last caller um,
1: That's the snowflake okay. parent that's the, that's the parent That worries me Like That, okay, that, that is listen. actually The parent that terrifies me Is the one that's like Well this is just wrong You can't do that This is just okay, blah blah well, blah It's uh, crap okay,
5: so Let me, let, let me straighten Let me straighten them out and get him to understand why the way he was thinking is totally asinine. All right, do me
1: a favor. Do me a favor. Hold on for me, Frank. I got the music. I'll come right back to you, okay? I'm going to put you back on hold. Uh, we'll continue the conversation. 1 381 3811. I think this is Dad of the Year. If you disagree with me, I'd love to hear from you. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back.
5: conservative fire the mark levin
1: show call in now at 877-381-3811 all right welcome back it is the ben ferguson show really nice to have you with us or i say this is ben ferguson filling in for the great one mark levin sorry i do my own show i'd say habit there. Uh, Mark, will be back with you tomorrow, and it's always a pleasure to be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Don't forget, um, Mark's TV show will have uh, Steve Scalise on as a guest Sunday evening, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox News Channel. Uh, it's going to be an incredible conversation with him. Uh, make sure you set your DVR or watch that this weekend on Fox News Channel uh, as a new episode of uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin with Steve Solis will be there Sunday evening. So check that out. All right, we got a lot to chat about tonight, uh, including this story. I believe this is a Dad of the Year story. A father and guys, uh, this producer, get this audio ready because I want to play it again. This father finds out his daughter's bullying. Uh, somebody she's 10 years old on the bus and he says I got this and decides to take that child to school and made her walk the whole five miles of school while he was behind her in the car I think this is great parenting now this story has gone viral and there are many people saying that this is child abuse that child protective services should get involved that this is inhumane treatment of a child that no child should have to um, go through this, no child should be forced to walk five miles to school, uh, that this this father should lose parental rights, His father, this father should be against the law, what he has done. So let me go to your phone calls on this and see what you think. one 877 1-877-381-3811. 1-877-381-3811. Here is this story that has now gone viral. Listen to it.
11: Okay, this is video that an Ohio dad made, and he's driving behind his daughter as she walks to school. It's been viewed millions of times, and the dad says it's a five-mile walk, and that the weather outside was 36 degrees, and that all of this is punishment because she got suspended from the bus. The school alleged that the little girl was bullying another
1: student. This is not the first incident. It's the second incident for the year. Parents need to hold their kids accountable. So that was me showing how I'm holding
10: my kid accountable. I'm not going to be another parent that's just going to brush the things under the rug and say kids will be kids.
11: But it's getting mixed reviews online because some people say the punishment fits the crime while others say it seems harsh. The dad says that he would do the same again, but he hopes that other kids who see the video will also make the choice to be kind to other people, he said.
1: I mean, that th- of all the parents that are completely uninvolved in their kids' lives, who allow others to take care of their kids, who allow the government to step in as the parents, this is the guy you want to you want to criticize. This is the, this is the guy that you think is doing it wrong, Michael. You're on the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Nice to have you with us. Go ahead. Is that me? Yes, it's you. Thank you,
0: Ben. Okay, Michael from Brooklyn. I, I'm more. I understand your point, but I have several reasons why I'm more leaning against it. Uh, one of them being, uh, your ten-year-old, this little child, to make how long did it take her to walk the five miles? Two hours, let's say. Two, three hours. Two and a half hours. Right? That
1: is that's abuse. It's not explaining anything to her. Not teaching her anything. It's, well, it, the, the explaining I mean, happened on the front end. That's, I mean, you can't say it's not explaining anything to her. Clearly, the explaining came on the front end when they made it very, very clear that this is why you're walking to school.
0: You a been 36 degrees, a 10-year-old girl? She's a bully to another 10-year-old girl, but in reality, she's a kid. So it's number one, number one, this is abuse. Make a kid walk through I would just walk from around the corner in this weather here in Brooklyn, and It's freezing. Five
1: miles, yeah
0: I'm saying it's it's, it's not that that's 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 my first
1: thing you know what what do you, you think do the it, chances are that you won't do it again that she won't do it again I'd say they're pretty high she's not going to do it again you know, after I, that I, five he, mile walk he, may
0: have, he he may have helped her in this way, but he could be hurting her in many other ways I'm sure she
1: okay then 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 all right, all right, this is where I got it my b s monitor goes off. Tell me how this father. Who clearly loves and cares about his daughter and who she's going to grow up to be? Tell me how this could hurt her in so many different ways.
0: I think this guy's trying to be like, like, like he's like like in the army or something. Army discipline. I don't think that's parenting. I'm sorry.
1: He would be much better. So, so what would man. you have done then? What do you think a good parent would do in this situation? Parent?
0: I'm a parent. I raise children, okay? Number one, you go to the other girl and make sure she apologized to her face-to-face. You witness that. You bring her and make sure she apologizes. number one. You sit and talk to her. Then there has to be some concrete punishment also. But the question is what? This is definitely not the answer. I will tell you another thing, by the way. In general, walking is, is known to be a, a healthy activity, correct? Yes. People are encouraged to walk by doctors, etc. This is going to
1: teach this girl walking
0: is
6: disgusting she's
1: gonna hate walking she's never yeah, going to give, walk give me'm this is this is where this is where I worry so much about the future of our country because you you actually believe that one walk is gonna make a kid's whole entire life be anti-walking dude come on.
0: Kid, myself. I'll just give you an example. At my first grade teacher <laughs> by lunch. <laughs> no, listen, Ben, you could laugh.
1: I don't know. I asked you if you were. I'm prepared. laughing because it, it, it's 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 better than me losing my mind at you. It, this idea that one morning of walking to school. When you bullied another kid, is going to ruin your life because you had to walk in the cold. Is This is this is the entire thing that's so wrong with this country's mentality now. We have become a nation of wusses. We've become a nation of whiny babies. We've become a nation of crybabies. We've become a nation where a dad doing the right thing for their daughter is now somehow the bad guy, but the father doesn't even show up to do anything with a kid somehow. We let him off the hook and say, well, it's probably because of his upbringing, so you can't hold him accountable, so let's have the government government step in and be the parent to the child. This is stupid. But
0: you have to, understand, I have one other point I want to bring out, and you know, I'll let you go to the other callers, but, you know, what was accepted a generation, two generations ago, in terms of discipline, like you said, spanking, etc. today, you know, the kid, if a kid gets spanked, and that kid calls social services, the father gets arrested. So part of discipline today is you have to go a little bit, even though it may be crazy, And may not be the right way in the big picture, but you have to go, a parent has to go a little bit also, a lap actually, with the norms of society. Today, the norms of society change. There's different ways that I see my kids are disciplining their children different than I discipline my children. So there's something called social norms of that time. But this, what he did, never is acceptable.
1: It's totally again, you. again, says who? When you say that this having your kid walk five miles of school when you are behind them in the car to teach them a lesson about bullying, you say is never acceptable, you, says who? How, was she dressed warm? Did she have boots? Yes, she was wearing. dressed warm. Yes, she was. It's not like you put her in a, in a, in a one piece swimsuit and said, walk to school without, without shoes. In the, even in the best case scenario, I, I can't approve of that. He would ask me. I would not approve I, that. And this is, and you want to know why kids in this country have no respect for authority, no respect for others, no respect, for, others, no no respect for anyone? It's because of people, Michael, like you, who don't understand that sometimes tough love is acceptable and appropriate.
0: i raised the same. they're all respectful, and I did discipline. But this is something that, that to me, that would be considered abuse. And besides, it, 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 that, and that's my point. You
1: literally believe that this father is a child abuser because he made his daughter, who bullied someone not once but twice with warning, made them walk to school.
0: Not calling him an abuser. I'm saying this was an action of abuse. It's a different thing. I don't know the person. That's calling a label. This is an action of abuse because it's it's not no good is coming out of it. It's going to teach the girl nothing. She's going to hate her father forever. My father did this to me. And if anything, she was, if she grows up normal, it'll be only because of her mother, not because of this guy. That I tell you. Right. But anyway, uh, one of your other callers. I appreciate you giving me the time.
1: Thank you. Good to talk to you, Michael. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Eric. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. How are you? I'm doing great, Ben, and thanks for taking the call. Good to uh, talk to you.
5: Uh, it's great to be on. And I've got a few things to say, and I think you're going to agree pretty much with what I say. I was listening to your last caller. He thinks that making his daughter walk to school is abuse. I think he's got another thought coming. And you, you said two words in your response to him, tough love, and that's the name of the game. 30 years ago, my son was 15, 16 years old. He decided... After he was out of control for quite a while, being uh, nasty, disrespectful, playing one parent against the other. You know the game. And this, of course, was in my first marriage, which ended. I'm sure the marriage played some part in his attitude. However, he appropriated the keys to his grandparents' house, which was fairly nearby. And when he was in the house, appropriated the keys to her car. They happen to be in Florida. So he decides he wants to go visit his girlfriend out in Suffolk County here on Long Island. And he starts up the car and he starts driving. Well, a very astute highway patrolman picked him up on the Seaford Oyster Bear Expressway. And many of our you listeners are going to know where that is. And said, you know, he was doing very nicely behind the wheel. But he didn't look like he belonged behind the wheel of a Jaguar. Well, I thank that officer for pulling him over, bringing him in, and then my ex-wife and I had to make a very tough decision. He's been out of control, and now he's taken it to the limit. What do we do? Do we take the officer up on his offer to release him, bring the car home, and nothing will come of it? Or do we decide we must have him arrested and let him go through the system for a while and find out what the consequences are? Because he's a youthful offender, we have a pretty good idea. We can work with the district attorney and we can keep this under the under the hat. Well, it all worked out. We had him arrested. He was arraigned. He spent the night in jail. But, I, you know, it changed his attitude. Now, unfortunately, he has disowned me because, of course, I was the bad guy. But I'm 75 years old now and I have a lot of blessings in my life. So, I, you know, the Serenity Prayer tells me to have the courage to, t- to change the The, the moral of like the that.
1: story is here is you don't regret it because you were doing the right thing.
5: Right, absolutely. Now, as far as the father who made his daughter walk to school, I might have modified that a little bit. And, you know, after the first mile, uh, pull up and say, Are you enjoying this? Because this could be the rest of your life. And then I might have brought her to school. And the whole
1: thing. Look, that's a- and, right. that's, and that's the thing, Eric. Every parent is right to parent the way, but to say that this father is a child abuser because of what he did, because he cared about the character of his own child and the fact that his own child was bullying another child. That is the point that I think if people, you, you know, we, we, we criticize a father who's involved because we don't like what he did making her walk to school. Instead of saying, at least we got a good parent here that clearly cares about their kid's character, personality, who they are, what they're going to become. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. A lot more coming up. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. It is the Mark Levin show, and Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. Just want to say, real quick uh, Mark will be back with you tomorrow, and uh, I always, it's an honor to fill in for him. Uh, so thanks for having me tonight and love to keep up with you. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show. Also, don't forget on Blaze TV where you find Mark Levin's uh, TV show. You can also find my new show called The Ferguson File. Uh, if you're on Facebook and you want to check it out as well, it's, uh, you can just put in The Ferguson File and you can see our new episode that's up there right now. All right. Uh, let me just, I, I want to mention something today. We've, we've talked so much about President Bush and some other things, but I do want to get into this real quick, uh, about what's going on with Saudi Arabia and the prince and America, what do we do? And I, d- I just want to say this real quick. The, the CIA's evidence apparently is uh, so overwhelming, linking the Saudi crown prince to the death of this journalist whose family was in America, wrote for an American newspaper in the Washington Post. And from what I've been told from people th- around the, the Saudi crown prince, it's just it's it's MBS is is. A guy that orchestrated, focused on, put together, monitored the dismemberment of a member of the media. Two takeaways from this story. One, I do believe we should condemn this. Two, I also don't think we should act like we're shocked by this. And nobody, whether you're you're a journalist or a Republican or a Democrat or a member of Congress, should act like they're shocked by this. Saudi Arabia will destroy you and your family if you attack the family. Uh, The royal family, they will. Saudi Arabia has horrific human rights abuses. They uh, have horrific abuses against women. They will kill you if you do something they don't like. They will cut off your hand if you steal. They will throw you in prison and throw away the key if you do something they don't like. No one should be shocked by the Saudi crown prince. MBS, uh, sending, uh, from what we understand, at least 11 messages to his close advisor who oversaw the team that killed this journalist in the hours before and after the journalist's death in October, that according to these highly classified CIA assessments. The Saudi leader also, in August 2017, had told associates that, it, that, that if his efforts to persuade this journalist to return to Saudi Arabia weren't successful, quote, we could possibly lure him outside Saudi Arabia and make arrangements. According to the assessment, this clearly seems to foreshadow the Saudi's operation launched against this journalist to murder him, dismember him. Um, there's been a lot of political grandstanding on this issue that America should stand up to this. Look, we, Saudi, we they, We've been allies them for 80 plus years. Saudi Arabia is, their, their world is very different than our world. And most countries in the Middle East, their worlds are very different than our world. Their morals are very different than ours. The way they look at women are very different. The way they run their lives is very different. They don't like our democracy. They don't want our democracy. Iraq is proof of that. Uh, Saudi Arabia is proof of that. Iran is proof of that. Uh, you know, even Gaddafi falling and, and seeing what happened in Libya is proof of that. Afghanistan is overwhelming proof of that. The way they, their worldview is never going to be the same as ours. But what I, what bothers me the most about this whole story is, I do believe that we should stand up to Saudi Arabia and say, "This is a line that you crossed, and there are going to be repercussions for it. Don't ever do it again." With somebody who's a journalist from our country, you don't do this. You don't go outside of your walls and and commit a crime like this and act like we're going to look the other way. I also think the president should be very angry with him for putting us. As an ally in the situation they put us in, with this dismemberment of a journalist, if you are an ally, you should have never put your good friend the United States of America in this situation. Now, that's one point. My second point is this: to all the all the politicians that are now grandstanding on this issue after they got this briefing from the CIA, acting as if they're so shocked, you're idiots. The Republicans are acting like they're shocked. You're idiots. The Democrats are acting like they're shocked that Saudi Arabia doing this. You're idiots. Everybody knows this is what Saudi Arabia does on a regular basis to people that disagree with the royal family. This is Saudi Arabia. Nothing changed. The only thing that changed was it was was a journalist that happened to have an American connection. I'll leave it there. Mark Levin, back with you tomorrow night. honored to fill in for him. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson.